our own personal choices matter quite a lot. And you divesting from every single beauty standard is not going to make beauty standards go away. You're listening to Burnt Toast. This is the podcast about diet culture, anti-fat bias, parenting, and health. I'm Virginia Soul Smith. I also write the Burnt Toast newsletter. And I'm Corinne Fay. I work on Burnt Toast and run Sultry Plus, an Instagram account where you can buy and sell plus-size clothing. It is time for your July indulgence gospel. We have a whole bunch of your questions. I also have a really good hate mail to read and a really good butter. This is also a paywalled episode. That means to hear the whole thing, you'll need to be a paid Burnt Toast subscriber. It's just $5 a month or $50 for the year. Click the link in your episode description or go to virginiasolesmith.substack.com to join us. And a quick disclaimer as we are getting going here that we have a live studio audience today. My five-year-old is home because camp was closed because we have like crazy flooding in the Hudson Valley today. We are safe. We are just stuck at home. So she's here. She is listening to Melon's House Party, which is, you know, a competing podcast she's choosing to listen to right now on her iPad. Probably superior. There's a talking couch, so we don't have that. (laughs) So we may have a few interruptions and or background noise because sometimes the episodes are very funny. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Corinne, you need to talk to us about weightlifting. (laughs) Yes. So last weekend was my weightlifting meet, which I've been periodically talking about for months and months and months, it feels like. Mm -hmm. It went really well. I got second in my weight class. Amazing. And it was fun. It was really fun. I mean, I was so glad I had a coach to be, like, guiding me through. Yeah. And I will say, like, as, like, a full adult (laughs) approaching middle age, if not fully middle aged, like... I just don't have a lot of occasions in my life where I'm, like, that nervous. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to the airport. Like, <laughs> that's what feels, it feels oh, like in my body right that. now. I get yeah. that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the only um, thing I have is when I do public speaking, because it's, like, there's so many logistics. Like, it's not even, the, yes. like, actually getting up and doing the thing, but it's the, like, what are you wearing? What time do you have to be there? Will you be on time? Will something go wrong? And just, like, oh, what if I get up there and I just, like, throw up or something, you know? And the the way it works is, like, you do these three lifts, squat, bench press, deadlift, and they sort of do them in flights. So it's, like, I had to get there at 8, but I wasn't going to be even doing my first lift until, like, 11.30. Ooh. So I just had, like, a few hours of just, like, am I going to start crying or vomiting? Oh, like, my gosh. So what did you do? I just, feel really weird. You just, like, sit and watch other people and feel nervous? Yeah, I, like, watched other people just to try and, like, prepare myself, psych myself up and, like, I don't know, like, sat and looked at my phone, you know, just, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. the stuff you do to try to calm yourself yep. down yep. but you start like warming up at a certain point and as soon as I started warming up I just started like pouring sweat <laughs> <laughs> I mean that seems appropriate yeah I mean I was exerting myself but also I was like oh I'm really nervous and I am just dumping sweat I think if I had to do it again I would like I would prepare. I feel like I should have, like, eaten more in that time zone. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Because I was just, like, so nervous. But it did end up just going really well, even despite that. You said next time. I would do it again, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would do it again. That was one of the most asked questions as we were gathering questions. (laughs) How was the meet, and will she do another one? Yeah. It was really fun. It was so cool to see, like, just see other people doing the same thing and, like 
there were definitely other fat bodies or larger bodies. That's really powerful. And there was also like a good audience. Like I had a bunch of friends come. My mom came, which was really nice. Oh, I love this. And you also had your fat pool party. I would like an update on that. Yeah, we did fat swim. It was really fun. My main complaint about it is that it wasn't long enough. Like you can only rent the pool for two hours. And it was like... Two hours felt like I was just starting to get to know. Right. You're the like, we can hang out all day. Maybe next time I would like plan something for after. But yeah. it was really fun. And just also a good reminder that like, even if you live somewhere where you feel like it's small and like, you know, everyone, there's always like people you don't know. And there are people in your community who are probably like so grateful that that happened and they could go to it. Do you know what I mean? We hear so often like, how do I make fat community or how do I find fat friends? Yeah. And it's like, This is a gift. But I was going to ask about your swimsuit. Okay, so that photo is actually not from Fat Swim. It was just from being fat at a pool I was going to say, it was technically (laughs) Fat Swim. (laughs) Yes. And so it was a picture of me and my friend. I'm wearing like a bright green swimsuit and she's wearing a pink swimsuit. And they're both of the swimsuits are from Good American. Oh, wow. Which I'm a little like. The Kardashian brand? Yeah. No, no. Sorry about the Kardashians, but yeah, they're good. The colors are good sizing, good colors. And I feel like they're like a knockoff of that You Swim brand. Oh, yeah. That has like that kind of crinkly material. Yes. Yeah, which is so nice, but I feel like good American sizing is better. Right. They also have a ton of styles. I'm wearing like a like cami style mm-hmm. top there's like a like more bra style there's like a dress thing which yeah. we'll talk about later okay, I'm but excited. yeah just tons of different stuff and talk to me about level of boob support because okay. this is my constant struggle with swimwear yeah. so I posted on Instagram and I got a lot of people replying being like wow these bottoms actually look like high-waisted yeah and the bottoms are really high-waisted but for me the problem is usually the top, the not top. the bottom. Yes, There's no support, like, beyond mm. the... Okay. It's just the thing. Okay. But okay. I will say, like, my friend in the photo, this person, Robin Frank, amazing painter, has really large breasts mm-hmm. and, like, seems to be comfortably wearing it. Like, I'm, like... I wouldn't mind an extra, like, inch or two of length. Uh, always. Like, it's just, like, just a, another inch or two. Would it be that hard? <laughs> I know. So that but if you look at it, like, it almost, like, looks like I'm wearing a full, like, one piece. Yeah. Like, it almost overlaps. But no. I'm still just, like, I want the fabric to go, like, under my boobs and yeah. not just not over just that. right there. I also wanted to, like, I always just want the neckline to come up a little bit higher. Like, yes. Yeah. I don't want every swimsuit to be like a full cleavage experience. Totally. And that seems yeah, like to be... a little turtleneck. Yeah, or just like a <laughs> crew neck. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like we have more swim questions coming up. So maybe this is the wrong time to talk about it. But the other thing I've been discovering this summer is that I really like a long sleeve swimsuit because oh. then you don't have to wear sunscreen. sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we will get into that when we get to the swim questions. Oh, I feel like you're having such a fun summer with your meets and your pool parties. It has been a good summer. How's yeah. your summer going? I'm a little bit of a puddle today because we dropped my nine-year-old off at sleepaway camp yesterday oh for the gosh. first time. And she's gone for two weeks. Wow. I'm so excited for her. She's like ready. She's jazzed. She's going to have a great time. And I 
am like, I feel like I have like a celebrity crush. Like I keep checking the website where they upload photos to see if there are any photos. I mean, it's not. It's like just lunchtime on her first day. There are no photos yet. And I'm like, maybe they will post some breakfast pictures. Oh my gosh. This is so cute. So I'm like stalking my own child on the internet. I have so many questions about this. Like how far away is she? Does she have friends there? Yes. It's about an hour and a half away. It's in the Catskills, the camp we picked. And we picked it because I think regular listeners know my friend Melinda Wenner Moyer, who also writes a parenting substack. She lives on my street, blah, blah, blah. Her daughters are really good friends. So her daughter is going. And then another really good friend of theirs, who that mom is also like our best friend. So we picked it to send the three girls together. And they are in a a cabin together. We got there in time. They all got top bunks. This was a lot. I mean, you talk about your pre-meet anxiety. <laughs> My anxiety about whether we would realize this vision of three top bunks in the cabin. You don't even know. Like wow. the, the parent text threads about what time we should leave and do we have oh, time wow. to stop for lunch? Oh my gosh. Anyway, this they, is so cute. they all got top bunks. And I think they're going to have a great time. But yeah, it's it's big for me to have her be away for two weeks. But then fortunately, my younger child's camp was closed today and I have her oh. right here in the room with me. So. I am still very much with a child. So, all right, we're going to do some questions. So here's the first question. I'd love some thoughts on the relationship between diet culture and table manners. My kids are six and nine, and my partner really struggles with mouth noises just to set the table for you. And I feel like table manners are still a major point at dinner time. I don't care so much about table manners in a formal sense, because who among us knows what fork to use at a fancy restaurant? I mean issues more like kids eating so fast or so loud slash smacky, scraping teeth on forks and spoons, etc. Also, despite our efforts to include them in meal planning, present a range of safe food options at the table, my oldest will still grumble about the meal we've made, roll eyes, or act generally put out if it isn't one of the very few acceptable meals for her. Will this ever end? No, it won't ever end. Well, it will end in all of our death, I guess. (laughs) Wow, really going there. Just kind of bring us up. <laughs> Just to remind everyone out there, everything will end at some point. <laughs> there, is, there is the sweet release. Okay. But bottom line, my kids are the same ages. So mm. mine are almost six and almost 10. I'm right there with you. It has not ended for me yet. We are working through things like no feet on the table. We are oh, wow. working through things like sitting in your chair while chewing. Yeah, the like eating so fast, the mess, the scraping tea, all of of this. We discovered the other day that we can make weird noises with straws. Like it's just ever ending. Melinda has a great piece that she wrote for her Substack about why table manners are not really age appropriate for kids a lot of the time. Of course, you are working towards this goal and you are modeling table manners yourself, hopefully. But we have to adjust some expectations about what we will get out of them in terms of behavior at the table. And she did a lot of really interesting reporting. Like a lot of it is that sitting at the dinner table requires a fair bit of core strength and motor planning and coordination. If you think about it, like just sitting upright in a chair and like moving your fork around and your plate around and Kids often, especially at dinner, right, and later in the day, they're tired. Like, they just don't have it together in terms of, like, coordinated physical movements at that point in the day. 
And when you think about how many adults would rather eat like on their couch in front of the TV, like I think that's a relatable concept. I also lack core strength by 7 p.m. So that's one big piece of it. I think the other big piece is like if there is anxiety over what's for dinner or that's feeling high pressure in any way, then like you're going to see the behavior the manners kind of go out the window as they're responding to that. So it's a good opportunity to like check the other dynamics about what's happening. But mostly it's just awful and I'm sorry and I'm there with you. That's what I got. Yeah. I was trying to think if there's any like strategies that the parents could use to like steal themselves for like how annoying it is. <laughs> like I was like, is it more annoying to you because you're really tired and hungry? Yeah, like, absolutely. Could you have a snack or wear yeah. earplugs? Is that so awful? <laughs> I think those are both great ideas. I would also say if there's an adult who's more triggered by the visual of how the kids eat, have that person not sit facing the children, like rethink your mm. seating. Because what often happens is like the parents start like micromanaging how the kid's eating and then that just like makes it all worse, right? Like you're like yeah. fussing at them to like put their cup here, like keep syrup staying on the plate is a big one, all of the stuff. So finding ways to rearrange your seating a little bit so you're not having to look at it is helpful. I think parents really overestimate how long kids will sit at the table. I think it's really normal for kids until they're pretty old, unless they are very food-motivated children and it's like their favorite meal, like to not want to spend that long at dinner. And like a 15-minute meal is like quite an accomplishment, honestly. So that can help. And then I think you can, like you can definitely... Like, we have a no feet on the table rule. Like, that seems fine. <laughs> like, I think that's a reasonable boundary to have. And when that comes up, you just remind yeah, everyone. Yeah, we just that remind this them rule exists. that we have to take our feet off the table. But just know that you are going to be saying it forever. And it's also because, like, some of the customs don't make any sense to kids, right? You're trying to, like, teach them this whole language that they don't know. They don't know why it bothers people. The kids aren't grossed out by their own feet, so they don't understand why that would be a problem. It is, like, this very abstract thing you're trying to explain. Yeah, that's all I got. It's terrible. (laughs) All right. I will read the next question. Yesterday, my son, age nine, asked for Honey Nut Cheerios, but I generally buy regular Cheerios. My husband told him to add honey to his cereal, and he thought that was pretty great. I did too. But the next day, he asked why we can't just buy Honey Nut Cheerios. He said that having honey with cereal was the same as just buying Honey Nut Cheerios. I didn't have a good answer for him. I told him the truth is that I don't buy sugar cereals because my parents didn't buy sugar cereals except for treats. If I'm being honest, I also have in my head that starting off the day with too much sugar isn't good and will make him crash at school or camp. When we are on vacation, I let him choose any cereal he wants to keep at the grandparents' house, probably creating a scarcity situation for him. I bake and we have plenty of sugar items in the house, but somehow this is a food rule I can't get rid of. And I'm not sure if I should because it seems so unhealthy, which I know is diet culture, but I just can't get past it. How do I set food limits with my son when I can't even defend them? Is it ever okay to limit or restrict the types of foods allowed? Well, your son makes a pretty good point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Freelist, this is where we leave you. So if you want to hear our take on Honey Nut Cheerios, you need to become a paid subscriber. You can go to virginiasoulsmith.substack.com or click the link in your episode description. And thank you for supporting anti-diet body liberation journalism.